Some news to talk about today as a report from Ken Rosenthal came out that the Tigers are fielding offers on players currently in their bullpen. So we're going to talk about what that means, what the bullpen really just looks like as a whole in 2023 and who is a potential trade target today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Tuesday, November 22nd, 2022. Thank you for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Okay, so on a report, as we said in the cold open, today we're going to talk about the Tigers' bullpen, the current state of it, the future of it, etc. And Ken Rosenthal... One of, if not the biggest baseball writer on the planet. Who would win that? I, I would probably be him. Just for longevity's sake. Passon obviously is like the current like guy at ESPN, which makes him probably have a, a, a wider reach than anybody else on the planet right now. But if we're just talking about like the biggest breathing, it's probably Rosenthal just for how long he's been in the game and stuff. But the, honestly, we're we're pretty blessed in that regard. There's a lot of really Really great baseball writers out there. So anyway, weird side tangent, sorry. Um, Ken Rosenthal puts out an article just about, he writes for The Athletic now, uh, so you can go check out the article there. And it's basically just a round robin of like news and notes of baseball free agency and the offseason as it stands right now over the last few days, over like the last weekend and, and such, since the non-tender deadline, I guess. And he talked about Cody Bellinger, who is somebody that uh, if enough of you keep clamoring about, we might have to address on the show. We might have to, to talk about that. Um, but he's not he's another lefty outfielder. If we signed Bellinger, we would roll in. And I'm not saying that that makes me like 100 percent against it. I'm just stating an objective truth where if if we were to sign Bellinger, that we would roll into opening day next year with five lefty outfielders and no righty outfielders, which would certainly be a little odd, but that's the conversation for a different day. In this article, he mentioned that the Detroit Tigers were a potential landing spot for, not landing spots, not the right word. They were a potential suitor for teams that were trying to acquire relief pitching. We talked about it a lot as the season went on, this team had a phenomenal bullpen and one of the better bullpens, honestly, in the game of baseball. One of the 10, 7, 8 probably best bullpens uh, belonged to your Detroit Tigers. They had a lot of really good performances from a lot of different people and that's what made it so, I guess, incredible. It's kind of the word in a season where so much went wrong, the bullpen went right. And two, uh, a few of you pointed out to me that it's a lot easier to be a reliever when you're losing every game than it is to be trying to hold on to a lead. And while that is very much true, we only have what we have. And we have this season, unfortunately. We have this season, to, to many dismay. 
Uh, and they were really good. We got a lot of production from a lot of relievers. So I want to go over all of the players on the 40-man right now. We're not going to go through every one and do like redo a deep dive on all these dudes because we've already done deep dives on a lot of players. But I just want to try and start laying the groundwork for what the bullpen could look like in 2023. And on top of that, who are these candidates that are potentially getting moved? Who are the players that Ken Rosenthal is talking about when he writes an article saying, oh, the Tigers have several people that other teams are interested in and are fielding offers on several different players, okay? So for starters, we have, well, <laughs> do we want to start with Gregory Soto? We already did the deep dive on Soto. So like, I, I got that out of the way. And if you want like the deep dive on my opinion of him and, specifically where he kind of lands in the future of this team. You can go watch that episode. But with Greg, it's important to remember that he still had like a 3-2-3 ERA. And uh, all the people that are very loud about their dislike of Gregory Soto and how much they can't stand him and that he's the worst pitcher they've ever seen in their lives, and that he should have gotten non-tendered, which is preposterous, or DFA'd last season, which is equally as preposterous. He had a 3-2-3 ERA and is a lefty that throws 100. Okay? He's he's not the worst pitcher you've ever seen, especially if you've been watching this team for, I don't know, more than two years. He's definitely not the worst pitcher you've ever seen. Okay? Um, so uh, he's an easy one to start with. Now, where it gets kind of unique for each individual player is when you look at service time and how much team control these players have left. That is That will have a large weight. That will determine a lot of their value. That's what I'm trying to say. How many years of control these each of these players have, has left will almost exclusively obviously their performance comes first but besides that almost exclusively determine their value and so when looking at Gregory Soto this is a dude that's not a free agent for three years I think 2025 is when he's uh like an unrestricted no more years of control left free agent you get you have to have six years of major league service under your belt before you're a free agent so yeah that, that would make him three with three left a lot of time and at the end of the day even though he has a very high walk rate and we all know that and I'm not blind to it and I'm not oblivious to it he's still a dude that has had solid ERAs out of the bullpen and is a lefty that throws 100 miles an hour with movement okay someone is going to be willing to make an offer for him Almost certainly. I can almost promise you that an offer was made for Gregory Soto at the trade deadline. But a lot of reports came out that our front office, specifically Alavila, valued Gregory Soto as like one of the most valuable relievers in all of baseball at the trade deadline and was asking for crazy overpays. That's nothing new. That happened a lot in the Avila era. There's a lot of examples of that. That's a whole, we could do a whole half hour show just on examples of Avila overvaluing his own players but for for Soto you know I don't want to put like a number on oh what's the likelihood he gets traded or whatever because trades are are somewhat random and it just depends on the market and depends on who calls you and whatnot I 
obviously I'm okay if someone pays the right price to move him. Everyone should be. You should be. I should be. We all should be. Okay. Um, I don't think we should be in a position where we're like, please get Gregory Soto off my team. Even a low ball offer is something that I'm going to entertain and accept just because I want to get him off the team because I'm one of those people that's saying he's the worst pitcher of all time. That's not what we should do. I don't think Gregory Soto should be someone that we are actively shopping. But if people want to call us, we pick up the phone and absolutely listen. And if multiple people call, then you create your own market. That's something that the previous regime was terrible at. You have the player. You have the ability to create your own market. That's like your job, actually, is to create the market for a player that is drawing interest from multiple teams and that is on the trade block. So you can even put them on the block. You can even openly be like, yeah, you know, we're shopping Soto. But I don't think we should pressure ourselves into we have to get rid of this dude. And it's vital to the rebuild that we trade Gregory Soto. I don't think I'm in that camp either. Okay. We're going to keep talking about it. There's a lot of other players that that certainly have a market set for themselves. But first, I got to tell you all about our friends over at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, and news and analysis this season. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer, esports. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find some of those at BetOnline as well. They are the easiest and fastest way to get your betting fix. So to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. All right, everybody. Welcome back here. Segment two of Locked on Tigers. So talking a little bit about Gregory Soto at the beginning, I think that's just like the longest conversation and the one I kind of just want to start with and get out of the way so we can get into the rest of this surprisingly deep bullpen. Um, the only other thing I, I really want to reiterate about Soto is, is again, I, I am very much not against moving him. Um, I, and I think with these trades that may or may not happen, we're going to see what type of, we're going to see the front office's opinion of this team. If you trade a reliever, no matter your opinion of him, if you trade a two-time all-star reliever with three years of control left, and you trade him for major league talent, young, controllable major league talent, but major league talent, I think that would show that this team might think they're closer to competing than other teams think. And I think if you do the Avila thing and trade Gregory Soto for a few prospects and hopefully some of them hit and hopefully they're good, I think that might insinuate that they're a little further away. Now, Relievers are also, the, the thing to note, relievers, the the market for them right now is bumping. Not necessarily in, in trades. We haven't seen a ton of reliever trades. But you if you know how the, the market works, you definitely understand that all these relievers getting paid huge money. Diaz getting 100 mil as a closer. Right? Houston. Extending a middle reliever, not even their closer, like a middle reliever for big money. Like 
the fact that we've already had three relievers signed for big money this early on, it's not even Thanksgiving yet, this early on in the offseason, definitely plays a factor in the market value for a reliever. So, use that to your advantage. Hey, look how valuable relievers are. Do you want to pay 100 mil for a really good reliever, or do you want a dude with a little over a three ERA that throws 100, and you don't have to pay for three more years? Right? Save you some money. You give us some good young talent or some prospects that are about ready to be in the major leagues. Bada bing, bada boom. Okay. Now I start with Greg because he's the most prominent and the one where anytime anyone mentions, oh, the Tigers might trade a reliever, 90 million people go, oh, trade Gregory Soto right now. So that's the one I wanted to start with. And again, very, very fine with trading him. Create your own market. Tell other teams that other teams are calling. I'm not saying just sit back and see if a good offer falls in your lap. But I also don't think that this is like a rental reliever at like Michael Foreman at the trade deadline where it's like, okay, there's literally no reason to hold on to him. We might as well just call every team in the league and see what we can move him for, even if it's next to nothing. Okay. That's all I'm trying to say. So create a market. We'll see what happens. Uh, Jose Cisneros, another unique one. He is a free agent next season, I believe. And just with coming off of the injury and pretty prominent command issues this season. Like his command was all over the place. He had some pretty serious walk troubles when he finally got healthy this season. He's not, uh, he debuted late. Like he, he was a late bloomer when it came to, when it comes to development of pitching. So he's already in his thirties. It's uh, that one's a pretty unique situation as well. Now you have two really solid years under your belt of being a, 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 the workhorse reliever for a team. Um, one of them was in a shortened season, I guess, but still like you have, you have some, a pretty good solid sample size of, of you being a really prominent and, and good reliever on a major league baseball team. So not going to be certainly not the price of what Gregory Soto would bring in or what some of the players that we will continue to talk about might bring in, but someone to keep an eye out on too, because uh, I think that, one year left, again, getting older, everything I just mentioned, really. I, I thought that I had a new thought come to my brain about why I was moving him, but it was really just all the same stuff. So that that there is certainly a market for all of these dudes that we're going to talk about. Again, relievers always have a market, and especially when you have a really solid bullpen, right? When you have a surplus of something and you have nothing that's very good in the other areas – you want to sell off some of the surplus to make yourself better in the areas that you're struggling in, right? This this really is sounding a lot like uh, an, an econ class at times, but like that's that's how it works. Okay, so Cisneros another player to keep an eye on for sure. Joe Jimenez is probably if I had to list one person who is the most likely to get moved. I would probably say Joe Jimenez, maybe Jose Cisnero, but I think Joe Jimenez is is probably one of the more prominent names in this bullpen and, and one of the easier, dare I say, names to move in this bullpen. Look, there's no secret Joe Jimenez had a phenomenal season. 
He was one of the better righty relievers in the entire American League. We talked about it on his deep dive. He was sensational. There's a few things in play here. One, that's his first good year since his all-star season when he was a rookie. And so, so you have a lot of years in between that of some shaky play and honestly, some just flat out poor play, some really high ERAs in there. Um, but again, most importantly, he is a free agent next season. That's why I was so vocal about if you were to sell at the deadline and you wanted to trade people at the deadline, Joe Jimenez made a ton of sense to trade at the trade deadline this season. A ton of sense. A year and a half of control on a reliever having a career year when all the three years leading up to it, he was struggling. He's a free agent after the following season. His value would never have been higher. But here we are. That's not Scott Harris's problem. His market right now is Scott Harris's problem. There's certainly an argument to extend all these dudes. Okay? I'm not saying that it's impossible that that every single person we talk about isn't here for a, a, a long time. I'm just saying that, uh, again, reiterating my point, when you have a lot of good relievers and you're shallow in starting pitching and you just had one of the worst offenses ever, maybe trading a reliever or two still can hold together a solid bullpen to then make the offense a little bit better seems like a no-brainer to me. Um, but again, it's not the only option. That's why I love these conversations because it is so subjective to everyone, Scott Harris included, this front office included. You can build a team a lot of different ways. This is just another avenue that the Tigers have the fortunate situation to be in. There's <laughs> There have been a lot of Tigers teams that have had no talent to trade, period. So somewhat thankful that we're even able to have this conversation. But um, So Joe is is certainly another one. He's certainly another one. And I think with him, again, like you, you want bats. I I don't, I don't know how you would really go about it without getting bats in return. And the hope would be again, young, controllable, major league ready bats, whether they are going into their second season or they're like ready to debut this year and they're about to be rookies. And I don't know that, that seems like a, a prime position to do that. And that seems like, a, again, like somewhat of a, a no-brainer. Again, depending on the return. You're not just trying to get rid of any of these guys. You're not pushing them out the door and just trading any of them for nothing. Right offer is obviously implied throughout this entire episode. So, Joe Amena is definitely another one. Now, after you get past those three... That's where it gets a little bit different and you start looking at players with a lot of control left that I'm not sure those guys are really justifiable and moving. So let's talk about that and just wrap up the bullpen and then talk about what this season could look like out of the pen for the Tigers. And we'll do that right after this. All right, everybody, welcome back. Third and final segment here, Locked on Tigers. So just talking about the bullpen and the market and all that, like, yes, very fun conversation. I love these kind of conversations so much. Um, After you get through those three, that's where we left off. After you get through those three players, 
you have like Alex Lang, who had a really solid season, had a weak August, but a really solid season around that. Proved to be a swing and miss machine. Stuff was absolutely nasty. Did have some walk troubles as well, but he's still a lot younger and and has a lot more room to still improve. And again, it really didn't hinder him too much as far as production and runs allowed, except for that like month and a half stretch after the All-Star break. So he's a, a guy that... Obviously, if you're talking about the highlights of the Tigers bullpen and, oh, you know, who are we going to trade someone in our pen? One of your best relievers is going to come up. And Alex Lang certainly was that this past season. Uh, this is a hard no for me. This this offer, I don't think anyone except Riley Green is untouchable in this organization right now. But this offer would have to blow my socks off. I would have to be floored, jaw to the ground, this is the most ridiculous overpay for a reliever I've ever seen. Like that, that's the kind of territory that an offer for Alex Lang would have to be in. I am in no rush to move Lang. And I'm even to the point where if people are calling about him, I'm pointing them in a different direction. Hey, we're calling about Alex Lang. Have you heard about Gregory Soto or Joe Jimenez though? Like that's what I'm doing. I'm not pushing Lang out the door. And again, Riley Green's the only untouchable player on this 40 man for me, but it would really have to to just floor me. It would have to be a a outstanding offer to start having the discussion about Alex Lang because again, he has what five years of control left? Four, five years of control left. That's that so much control, so much room to grow, so good already that that would that would have to be a a heck of an offer. I think Alex Lang has the potential to be the closer of the future for this team. It's just a matter of whether he reaches it or not. But that's the kind of ceiling that we are trading away. Um, I'm not having that conversation. I'm not really about that at this present moment. Jason Foley, another guy. A lot of years of control left. Four or five years of control left for him, too. Uh, Will Vest, four or five years of control left. So, like, you're, you're talking – now you're in the conversation of how much – Value because you're not talking about the best players in your pen, but you're still for Foley. You're talking about doing with a sub four ERA. How much value is four or five years of Jason Foley? That's a tough thing. That's a unique situation. That's a tough thing to pinpoint and really get the answer to. It's a difficult conversation. So with those guys, I'm I'm, I'm not really sure that I'm not sure you're getting a ton of calls on them for starters, just because. If you're trying to pick up relievers and help your bullpen, I would imagine that when you called the Tigers, you would go to one of their three best relievers on the roster right now. Obviously, Chafin is a free agent at the present moment. There have been some rumors and speculation that the Tigers are still reaching out to Chafin and would still like him back. I don't know how much weight to put into those reports. I don't know if I've already said my piece on my opinion of Chafin, if he comes back great, but he's not a top priority for me. Um, that is, that's one where if you sign him, you're obviously not going to sign him, then trade him right away. So he would then be here, but that's a, that's, we don't even know if that's going to happen. I, I would still say that that's likely not going to happen. Okay. So outside of Chafin, those are the relievers you have left. And of course you have your, your Ronnie Garcias and your, well, I mean, now you have like Brennan White and Reese Olsen if you want it, right? 
Uh, you have Fiedo and Garrett Hill. You have Angel DeJesus. You have Joey Wentz, if you want to include him into the bullpen situation. Like, you have a lot of long-inning, inning-eating potential relievers at your disposal, so much so that those guys, you still want to try some of them out to be starters. So how is this bullpen going to shape up? Well, I feel relatively confident that those players in the tier below the first players we talked about that have several years of control left, the the Foley's and Lang's and Vests of the world, those guys will probably be around. And I don't expect like Soto, Cisnero, and Jimenez to all be traded. I don't, I don't think that is uh, – that seems, like, overly aggressive. I mean, if the returns are good, the returns are good. That's all that matters. But that seems, like, really forward-thinking and, like, trying to push talent out the door. Um, so that – I don't think that's going to happen. That being said, at this point in time, I would be pretty surprised if all of them stayed, too. I, I would – I'm banking on one of those three names, Gregory Soto, Jose Cisnero, Joe Jimenez, to be traded. More specifically, I guess, Cisnero and Jimenez. But Gregory Soto is is more so in the category than the the rest of the bullpen, so he can be part of that conversation too because he has some of the most value in the entire pen as well, whether you like it or not. So one of those three, I kind of expect to get moved. Because, again, it just makes sense to me. Now, back to something we mentioned earlier, and we're going to rehash here before I I send you on your way. Um, It is possible to build a team without trading this entire bullpen this offseason as well. And it's impossible to get better without moving on from guys. But, again, I'm going to use this example for the third time. You have a really good bullpen. You have really thin pitching and injured pitching, starting pitching. And you just had one of the worst offenses ever. If you can afford to be a little bit worse in the bullpen or, I mean, give somebody else uh, that's unproven an opportunity, not even guaranteed get worse. But if you lower the talent level from 2022 in the bullpen a little bit, to make maybe one of the worst offenses we've ever seen a little bit better, that seems like a slam dunk to me. Because you can still have a really effective bullpen unit as a whole. You you can still have a really good bullpen just by shaving off like one of the players we mentioned. And this offense desperately needs help. So something to keep an eye on for. Kind of a fun little update early on your Thanksgiving week. Um, Again, there is a ton of opinions and it's a very fluid and subjective conversation. That's why I love it. Um, So yeah, whatever your opinion is, that doesn't mean it's wrong. My, you might think my opinion is wrong. Okay. That's fine. I don't think that anybody's singular opinion can be wrong on this conversation because I think it is so subjective. So it, and that's why it's fascinating. But I, I would say between Soto Cisnero and Jimenez, I would be not shocked, but I somewhat expect one of those three to get moved in the next couple of months. You can also extend Jimenez. He's got a year left. I don't think extending Cisnero long-term is really in the cards, which maybe makes him more of a trade chip. Soto's not ready to get extended. There's a lot of factors in play. 
and I think we covered pretty much all of them. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check on the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. Um, I think that's all I got. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, that might be it for the week. After tomorrow, uh, I'm not sure we're going to have a Thanksgiving day or a – we're definitely not going to have a Black Friday episode, but I Wednesday is – or Thursday's episode is kind of – in the air for me with my Thanksgiving plans. So we'll see what happens, but I will be back uh, in your ears and eyes, I guess tomorrow. Peace and love going to therapy's dope. I appreciate all y'all and uh, yeah, go Tigers, baby.